Welcome to Communicating the Art, the international conference for cultural leaders. Episode 17. Start Space Entrepreneurs, State Library Victoria, by Anna Berkey, Head of Onions Engagement and Star Space, State Library Victoria, Australia. So, um, we'll just thank you, get the slides up for this particular one. Um, and I should say, while we're getting the slides up, having come from Edinburgh and had a whole city to play with, where I was on more of the independent side of things, the Edinburgh UNESCO City of Literature, we set up an independent organization, we were not for profit. Um, I had a whole city to play with, I could play with all the different cultural institutions. Um, I didn't have to worry about the governance, the bureaucracy, the staffing and recruitment timelines, and then uh, a little bit of a, <coughs> Uh, shock to the system perhaps I think uh, coming to Australia and working for such an incredible organization but instead of being the creative producer on the outside who worked with the organizations and had the whole city as my landscape I have a venue so I have all the considerations that come with a heritage and historic venue so Start Space is uh, the focus of this particular presentation, but I've got a little bit of an overview of where the State Library of Victoria is at at the moment. So the place was founded um, by Sir Redmond Barry um, and intended always to be a free place um, of learning and interaction between different disciplines. There were only three rules for when you came to the State Library of Victoria. You had to have clean hands, you had to be over 14, and you couldn't have smallpox. So we have scrapped all of the rules, and we prefer you not to have smallpox, but we don't screen you for that particular one. Um, so um, the library that was established, it was quite astonishing that that level of funding and investment went into a place that was about free access um, to knowledge and information for whatever purpose you personally decided. And that's one of the things, there's Redmond, um, that's one of the things that I enjoy and thoroughly appreciate about working in a library is that People come to us with their own agenda. We're not a museum or a gallery where we have something to show or to say. They have things to find out. Um, and so it flips the balance of power a little bit in that our job then is to respond, sometimes in a transactional way, to help them find the answer to their question, and in other times to help them find out and to learn to know what they did not know before. So to go down that rabbit hole of exploration It's always been a site that has had an interest in innovation. The 18, I think it's the 1868 Royal World Exhibition thingy um, was held on the site of the State Library of Victoria. So where the beautiful domed reading room is now that was on the first slide, used to be two huge great halls prior to the Royal Exhibition Building being built that were there to showcase new, in, new innovations and technologies. Um, and so we also hold the patents collection um, with all kinds of uh, variety of different types of uh, uh, things being discovered and invented in Victoria at the time from a new type of ice cream scoop right the way through to the fridge. I hadn't realized that the fridge was invented in Melbourne um, by a Scot uh, who went on to um, found the Geelong Advertiser. So he was multi-industry um, and he won a gold medal in Paris for being the first one to take frozen meat from Australia to Paris and being able to thaw and eat it at the other end. Uh, then those beautiful big holes were demolished to make way for the domed reading room and this is what she looked like uh, before all the great tower blocks of the 1980s started to go up around in central Melbourne. 
uh, and there she is, uh, well that's not today, that's a couple of years ago, because today um, there are hoardings everywhere and cherry pickers and cranes and builders and hives because we are at the end of a five year redevelopment project that's just shy of $90 million. Um, and the intention behind that project um, was to think ahead about what our community was going to need from this enormous site, which is 27 separate buildings stuck together. Um, what would the community's needs, learning, knowledge, access to information going to be, and how could we create and prepare the space to, to get ready for that? Um, next one. Uh, so what we did was that we were not allowed to close to the public. Um, we had to stay open. So we did the building in two halves. Um, the whole building, the construction part itself has taken two and a half years. And to begin with, we um, looked at the Russell Street entrance, which has been closed for about 30 years. And it used to be the museum, um, Melbourne Museum, which then moved up to Carlton Gardens and got its own big swish fancy building. Um, this entrance had been the entrance to the museum side and it had pretty much been locked up, abandoned. There was one guy who knew how to get into that room and he'd just sit there all day, every day. Nobody else used the space. Uh, so we looked at how do we open up that streetscape. We had to work with the city council to think what does it mean to reinvigorate this side of the, this side of quite a dead street, that part of Russell Street. Um, what will that look like? So we managed to um, do the refresh of, a, of our arts reading room. We had to move all of our staff. Um, so we had staff move and move all of the heritage collections from these beautiful big galleries that were staff only spaces. Um, to in order that we could put 40% more floor space into public use. So taking it away from staff space and putting it back into public hands. So it's 40, once we reopen the whole building, it will be 40% more um, floor space and 70% more seating. Because people were just sitting on the floor next to plug points and we couldn't cope. Uh, so we're the fourth busiest library in the world. We, get to, we, we had about 2.2, 2.3 million visitors a year. One of those libraries is totally cheating because it's actually six sites, which is totally cheating in my book. Um, and so we had to think about how are we going to be able to get more space back and how do people want to use space now? Much more collaborative learning. People want to be able to gather. You want to be able to have a coffee, which is not something we ever allowed. You were not allowed food and drink in the building. Um, you're now going to sort of be allowed food or drink in some of the building, but that's a compromise that I had to make that I can talk about later if necessary. Uh, so this is now the new welcome zone within the Russell Street area with this gorgeous artwork that we commissioned from Ty Snaith. They're um, pictures from, uh, of the books in the collection that are in the next room, the Redmond Barry reading room, um, along with her found objects and ceramics that she created and made in response to each of those works that's on the wall that you can read. It's big enough for you to be able to go off and read them. Um, and when we opened this half of the building uh, a year ago last September, we had such uh, an amazing response. The staff were all excited. We were waiting for the public to come in and go, ooh, ah. And they walked in and were like, great, seats, and sat down and got on with things, which means our design had worked. Uh, so while it was a mild letdown for some of us who were expecting a little bit more razzmatazz, uh, it was actually fantastic because it meant we had designed what people needed. When the rest of the building opens in three weeks' time, on the 5th of December, this is where the vast majority of, our, of the building work will reopen. And we've thought a lot about how we zone things. So we'll have a children's library, for example, which we've never had before. Remember that? You had to be over 14 rule. Uh, so we had, to have a ch um, we had to completely rethink how we did things in order to be able to have a children's library. We didn't have a children's librarian on staff for example. Uh, we needed to look ahead at what the other trends of our community were, what is happening in our local city, 
very dense environments, lots of families living in very small spaces, a shrinking civic space, very few places that you can go without having to spend money. Um, but also, the economy is changing quite dramatically. So um, two-thirds of young people want to be able to work for themselves. 10 million Australian jobs, at least 50% of their job is going to significantly change thanks to di the digital um, requirements that it will need. The population of Melbourne is going to overtake Sydney um, and it's just uh, and is growing at an exponential rate to the extent that our pavements are full um, and we're having to look at thinking about pedestrianisation. Um, and we're expecting that at least three million of those people are going to come through the doors once we open within our first year. So we're preparing for huge growth and huge uh, shift in expectations of what our audiences and customers are going to expect from us. They're also needing to be able to work together. How do we do, go back to that original intent of Redmond Barry as the people's university and bring those disciplines together? Because that's where interesting things happen is when you get subject specialists from different worlds to collide somehow. So how can we create a physical environment that is going to encourage and support that? So part of that, these are my colleagues, Adele and Mel, um, part of that was about setting up Start Space, which is going to be a 178-seater co-working space that's part of the State Library of Victoria. The vast majority of it is free, but you have to join up to be a member so that we know that within that space is a peer community of people who are exploring their business journey. And there'll be a whole range of business training and business development programming, most of which will be free, that will go alongside that in order to support them. But that was, I came on board two years ago on this project and um, it was a long time before we were gonna open the space. Uh, and one of the things I did learn was that uh, we got people a bit excited, maybe a bit early, uh, and partners wanted to work with us right now. And I had to keep saying no. Um, what we did instead was to work with Acme um, on a program called Foundry 658. So Foundry 658 is a creative industries-based accelerator program to help the creative industries and the arts um, improve and enhance and develop their business skills at high velocity. And for many of them to look at things like what does investment look like? How can I grow my business into a more sustainable pattern? But also what might it look like if I wanted it to be a global product? How, how might that work for the arts and the creative industries? Um, so that was a project that we jointly ran um, with Acme and year two will run next year. So that gave us 33 creative industries-based businesses to work with to work out exactly where their capacities were, um, what skills and support and training they needed, what resilience and mental health support they needed, which was far higher than I'd anticipated. Um, how can we then use them to think about, well, this is just creative industries, if we then translate that to start space, which will be for any industry, what might, how might we change the programs based on what we've done through this intensive program? Uh, so that's, I can't show you, unlike your beautiful uh, fly-throughs, Beck, I'm not allowed to show you anything um, because the Premier of Victoria has said that we can't show anything at all until we open on the 5th of December. So these are some renders of what Start Space will look like uh, and you can come and have a look in a couple of, a couple of weeks' time. Um, and so it's quite a big space uh, and one of, the th one of the challenges I was given was to ensure that um, rather than being a, a, its own little lab within the library, it integrated with the rest of the library and that sense of innovation, co-working, sharing ideas possibly with strangers um, could start to permeate the rest of our programming and the rest of our identity as a library. 
So we've got the free space downstairs. Upstairs we have a paid space. We want to support people in their agenda, which is to become self-sufficient businesses. So for 50 of them, there'll be 50% of market rate co-working space for a slightly fancier space with a kitchen and not a hot desk, but their own desk. Um, and so they'll have that for a six to 12 month period to help them prepare to transition into the commercial space where they should then be sustainable and able to grow. Or their idea didn't work, that's totally fine, no problem, we don't want that to feel like a, a failure. Instead, they'll just go to the, the main start space until their idea is ready to get to the point where it's gonna become commercially sustainable. Um, whole range of other spaces, including a range of new galleries that we've just opened, um, and I've got a new 320-seater um, event space coming on board as well, along with Queen's Hall, which is the original library, which is opening. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous, and it will be a reading room by day until 5 p.m., and then it will become a venue, and it can seat 500, and it's already booked out for weddings for the next year, I think every Friday and Saturday night. So we're really looking at our business model and how we can think as a whole library how, what, does it, what does our venue mix look like? What does our program mix look like? Um, and what kind of new services do we offer? So when we open on the 5th of December, um, we're really just getting going. We'll have our beautiful, gorgeous, new fit for purpose building. We'll have many of our new services in place, but that's the point where we need to start thinking about our program and how people act in the space and what we need to then keep changing and innovating in order to deliver for them.